Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Telegraph. Telegraph. Podcasts. Hello and welcome to Brian Moore's Full Contact in association with The Telegraph and QBE Business Insurance. I'm Gavin Mayers, and with me tonight is London Irish prop Tom Court. You may have heard the news about Brian's heart attack earlier this month, uh, so understandably he isn't in the studio this week and is now home resting up. We wish Brian and his family the best in his recovery, but I'm delighted to say we'll be speaking with him later in the podcast. We'll also be hearing from Craig Chalmers and Nick Evans to talk all about the Lions squad announcement, which is happening on Wednesday. And this week, we have the second instalment in our Team Behind the Team feature. Every week, you can join us on the Facebook Live at 6pm. Just search for Telegraph Sport and you can listen to the whole show live on the Telegraph website. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and please leave a review. On with the show. Tom, I'm delighted you could join us tonight. Thanks thanks uh, for having me. No better man uh, in this week of, of Lions excitement. Um, we were talking earlier about the pub quiz, which will be uh, <laughs> your your last international experience was for the British and Irish Lions. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be one of those uh, one of those quiz show questions that nobody ever gets the answer for in the future sometime. But um, yes, your number eight hundred and six. Eight hundred six. Yeah. Eight Lions shop. Yeah. Tell us all about that remarkable story for those who don't remember how you ended up becoming part of that historic uh, series victory in 2013. Yeah, well, um, obviously we just uh, we just finished the tour of um, America and Canada with Ireland, so I'd, I'd started in the uh, Test versus Canada, and then um, we had quickly dropped our bags off, and me, and my wife, and, and kids had gone uh, to Australia to visit um, visit the family for the holidays. We were staying on the Gold Coast, um, probably trying to switch off a bit from rugby, to be fair, um, even though obviously the Lions was always um, playing in the background. Um, and then one evening we were just, we'd ordered some takeaway actually. Um, and uh, You can say that now. <laughs> the, uh, the delivery man had turned up, my wife had gone downstairs to collect the takeaway while I had the, the kids in the bath. Um, I had a missed phone call from an unknown number, listened to the voice message, which was from uh, Guy Richardson, uh, even though I had thought it was a prank call from, from one of my mates at Ulster just messing while they were on holidays. Guy was obviously the operations man at the yeah, at the time. Yeah, he, he was pulling all the strings. So um, anyway, then uh, 
kids out of the bath and then finally received the call from uh, Mick Carney, who was the team manager for Ireland at the time. And I had his number in my phone, so obviously I knew it was him. Um, and he rang to, to let me know that they were uh, wanting me to come in and, and join the line squad. So um, at that point in time, I was on the phone. Kids were running around naked <laughs> um, just out of the bath. My wife walks in with the takeaway looking at me. Look like I've just got a uh, phone call from a family member saying, um, that somebody's had an accident or there's a funeral <laughs> coming up. Um, anyway, and the next day was early morning, a drive to the airport to, to meet up with the team. Yes, I can still, uh, I was out there at the time. I can remember seeing you and the surprise in your face and, of course, all the the rush to get the equipment because you, you had nothing out with you. You were on holiday. There was no rugby kit with you. You'd, you'd played for Ireland, I think, your last cup, your 32nd thir- your cup. Um, yeah. A few few days before, but you had no kit with you in Australia. No, no, we we'd uh, we'd gone back to to Ireland first and, and dumped all our kit before yeah. going to Australia. So, contrary to, uh, to contrary to belief that I had purposely taken my holidays in Australia <laughs> and taken all my kit with me, um, hoping and praying. Obviously, in my mind, um, there was absolutely no chance that that was ever going to happen. So, um, yeah, but it's one of those things, I guess. If if Gats gives you a call, you're not going to say no, are you? So. Um, and a struggle to get boots, I hear. <laughs> big feet. Yeah, well, size 14. I mean, there's obviously a few big guys in the team with uh, fairly big feet, but um, going to your conventional sports store and trying to ask for a pair of 14, um, 14 boots that actually have six six studs in the front to screw in to, to scrummage in isn't uh, isn't the easiest task. So, um, but thankfully the the team at Adidas, um, I think, rustled up a pair of boots. This the sponsorship team, so. Yeah, and what were your memories? I mean, I think you you got on fifty five minutes or something in that match, the the last midweek match against the Melbourne Rebels. What what were your thoughts? Um, the actual match, I'll be honest, it um, it happened so fast, and I guess I was taken by the moment so much that it's hard to sort of put your finger on any sort of memory. I remember running on um, with my heart in in my throat, and then uh, I remember coming off and. All the boys were cheering and celebrating and sort of patting you on the back because obviously it's um it's one of those sort of exclusive clubs that not many people will ever get the chance to join so um you know i was extremely lucky with the rest of the week obviously to start with because i sort of felt a little bit out of place um definitely didn't expect to be in the running would have been very very good odds for anyone to ever say that um you know i would have got a game or, or run out with the team so um at first joined the team, I was in obviously Civvy's normal clothes with the rest of the team in their tracksuits and travelling gear, so I sort of looked a little bit out of place and was clinging to uh, clinging to some of my Ulster mates like Rory and, and Tommy Bow, probably for dear life, um, and just trying to sort of blend in, which obviously wasn't wasn't that easy. So, um, but then eventually got there, and um, I mean the whole team, the whole crew of guys that were there with the Lions were amazing. The the mood in the camp. All the senior guys that even I was a bit, I guess, um, a bit sort of taken aback and awestruck with this many quality players, yeah. world-class players, all in one room, sitting about chatting. Um, obviously, you'd been in with the Irish camp a bit, but to be in with all these guys with the actual lines was still um, something that sort of, I guess, puts you off and you just never prepare yourself for it. So, um, But after a day or two, they make you feel nice and at home. Um, you get used to the swing of things. Um, you have a few training sessions. Um, you know, Wick 
took us in and had a chat to us and, and made me nice and comfortable. Obviously, Warren Gatlin had a chat to everyone as well, so he sort of says hi. And, um, but to be honest, they've obviously got a lot of important things to worry about. They're worrying about the tests. They're worrying about winning the series, you know. They're not worried about um, a guy coming in to cover a midweek spot and, and trying to make him feel at home. So, um, But they did that, and, um, you know, it was it was probably the four best days I was going to say of my life, but I'm sure my wife would probably argue that uh, wedding day and the birth of my children might uh, rival that. So, but but from a rugby point of view, that's that's quite a statement. Yeah, I mean it's obviously the pinnacle by a long way. Um, you know, my experience through the the Grand Slam Six Nations in 2009 was up there, but yeah. once again, I had just sort of come into the team and was still uh, fairly new, fairly green. Um, so it was all fairly new experience for me. So um, to sort of t- be able to sort of step into that. Um, environment at that level with the Lions was was something you'll never forget. Yeah, yeah. And you tell me you didn't get too much stash out of it, either. <laughs> despite <laughs> well, all that. I think they were so far down the down the injury list with loose heads. Um, you know, there probably wasn't too many left to choose from. To be <laughs> fair, so um, but they'd also used up a lot of kit. Uh, so look, I was just grateful to be able to be in there. I I would have happily walked around in uh, in whatever they gave me. So, yeah. and when you get, we're, you know, we're we're four years on, incredibly, and where sort of every rugby supporter, every rugby player in the four home unions is looking forward to Wednesday's squad announcement when Warren Gatland puts us all out of our misery. Um, does that, you know, does that rekindle memories, those fond memories of, of what you experienced four years ago? It does a bit. I guess, to be honest, for me, because I never really saw myself in the running for the Lions, I wasn't really apprehensive or nervous about the announcement. Yeah. It was more just... You were sort of excited and hoping that a lot of your friends, a lot of your teammates, um, the ones that I guess have been playing well, would get picked and would get the the uh, reward they deserved, you know. Um, and a lot of them did. Um, yeah. So that sort of thing. You look back and now, and then obviously there's still a lot of guys that played with an Ulster and an Ireland that will be in the team again and that are playing very well and deserve their spots. So um, you know, obviously from a personal point of view, the more more Irish guys and the more friends I have the better but um, also regardless of who gets picked you know the Lions once you've sort of been involved with an environment and being from one of the, the four nations that are involved you want them to win so you want them to be able to pick the best team that can go over there and do what a lot of people probably think they can't do and that's beat the All Blacks over the series Yeah, Can you give us an insight into this week how the players uh, will cope with the waiting game. That, that apart from the captain, um, they will all find out uh, when it's announced uh, to to the world at the, at the press conference. You you saw it four years ago, um, even if you didn't expect it yourself. How how did some of the, those who who hope for a place um, cope with that pressure, and what will be going through the players' minds this the next few days? Well, I guess a lot of them, obviously most of the guys there's some really big games coming up in the season as well so it's sort of um it's a divided attention almost where they're worrying about obviously the home team making sure they do the job get the processes right for the game on the weekend but no matter who who it is um you know if they're in contention they'll be thinking about the lines they'll be aware of it there'll be other guys in the team they'll be talking about it. everyone will be talking about it so um it's not like they're going to be able to get away from it so no doubt a lot of the guys will probably be a bit nervous or a lot nervous. Um, they probably won't be sleeping the best at the start of the week um, and they'll probably just be hoping and praying that um, you know that the, all their 
dreams and wishes come true and that um, they've done enough to sort of put themselves in the team and, and get them on the flight. So, I mean, the main thing is, obviously, we, we laugh about it now. I mean, uh, you know, obviously there was a lot of contention about me joining the tour four years ago, but there are a lot of injuries. Mm. Guys will drop out. Guys will get injuries in the games leading up to the tour. Guys will get injured in the tour. Um, you know, unfortunately for a couple of Irish guys like Alan Quinlan and that, he missed out on the tour through suspension. So yeah. things like that do happen. Yeah. Um, so Well, you, you are testament to that fact that, you know, a player who is disappointed on Wednesday may even go on a family holiday <laughs> and still end up as a lion. Yeah, well, I mean, I even look at, obviously, Rory. I'm good friends with Rory Best, and um, a lot of people thought he probably should have been included to start with on the tour in 2013. Didn't quite happen. Um, I remember he was at training during the week, and uh, Dylan Hartley had his 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 hearing, I think, for yeah. for uh, what was to become his suspension, um, and didn't hear anything of it. Came off the pitch of training, and then he heard, "Oh, well, Dylan Hartley's been suspended. Have you been told?" And he obviously hadn't heard or anything yeah. yet. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where even if you know you might be initially disappointed things can change in a heartbeat and things can change really quickly so you sort of have to make sure that you I guess keep your spirits up and just stick at it and, and um, hope that it you know goes your way. Now Tom you and I will have a chat um, about an Ireland perspective later on in the podcast but overall for this for this announcement what do you think are the key areas that we should look out for on Wednesday when, when Warren Gatland names a squad? Uh, obviously um, I mean the big contention is always leadership to start with people always um you know throw up a lot of different options for captain um you know there's been a lot of chat about who may have been announced already who, who may um be the captain obviously sam warburton's been the front runner but um you know behind him you need a lot of other guys that can actually support him you know you obviously have midweek games if he's going to be injured for a little while anyway you'll still need a lot of other guys to be able to support that team and and lead the team in those other fixtures. So obviously guys like Alan Wynne Jones will be key. I think guys like Rory Best will be key. Um, guys with that leadership experience that are used to leading their team and are used to not only trying to motivate the guys but also keep the guys nice and calm because these will obviously be the biggest matches of these guys' careers for you all, up until this point anyway. So um, it's going to be one of those things where you need a lot of guys to be able to lead the team and manage them rather than just say one captain. So apart from that... Um, just, just before we go, but Sam Warburton, would you agree with that appointment? You you were, you were, saw a bit of his, you're part of his squad four years ago. Do you, do you understand the logic why Warren would go that way? Um, I mean, for Warren, he needs to be able to trust the guy in his role as a leader to start with. I think obviously um, he's done it before. He knows how Sam works. Sam isn't um, your typical rugby player in that he is very driven. He's very focused. Um, I wouldn't call him necessarily loose like you get a lot of these other captains maybe that are uh, sort of, I guess, the the folk hero where they, they sort of go out and they party hard and, and play hard and that's the way they lead. But, um, you know, Sam has obviously shown over the years that not only is he a world-class player, but he can lead the team. And he obviously led the Lions to Victoria Series last time with a lot of support from his deputies. So um, I'd say Warren will want to be able to know he can really trust the guy he puts in charge and he wouldn't want any sort of issues with that person um, 
not being seen as the out-and-out captain with a lot of the other guys in the team. So um, I'd say he's probably made his mind up a long time ago. And, um, you know, with Sam, I guess it's one of those things. He obviously wanted to focus on his game this season and has, and I think he's done very well. And he's obviously probably playing the best rugby he has for a while. So um, to then step into that leadership role again will be interesting to see whether it actually affects his game or whether it improves his game now that he's more confidence in his playing ability so no that's a great point and we'll we'll, we'll take up with adam jones hopefully later in the show but um you know i think i think the other the other point about sam as well which i think is the interesting one is that warren gatlin's made it clear as he did four years ago that whoever he picks as captain isn't guaranteed a start in the test side they've got to to earn that obviously you go in with the intention of him being a, a test start and i think probably he sees sam warburton as somebody who can cope with that emotional baggage and if it came to a point where he had to tell Sam Warburton he wasn't in the test team for the first test there would no be no toys thrown out of the pram the tour would not derail you know it would be a decision as we saw him take a tough bold decision to drop Brian O'Driscoll um, memorably four years ago so no it, it, it does it does seem that way and I think looking at the squad looking at the options probably at the end of the World Cup um most home union supporters would have been quite downbeat about looking forward to the prospect of playing the double world champions. Um, are you more upbeat what we've seen, Ireland beating the All Blacks, England's stunning return to form under Eddie Jones? You know, Will this be a better group of players four years on than from 2013? I think if you look at the... If you look at the... Not provincial form, the international form, um, obviously England have been a... a I guess a force to 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 reckon with up until this point. Obviously, Ireland got the edge over them. But if you look at England's form, if you look at Ireland's form in bits, if you look at the resurgence of Scotland showing a lot more character about them as a team, um, and obviously a lot of the Welsh players that Warren Gatlin has trusted for years, um, I think if you look at the depth and the quality of the guys that are playing well at the moment, that's the difference. It's not necessarily the quality of the players, but the form that they're actually in and the competitiveness of a lot of the positions. Um, you know, you have at least two viable options in every single position, you know, whereas before I think there are a number of nailed on starters that you would start without a doubt. And then behind that was probably a few guys vying for maybe the backup spot, whereas there's a lot of serious contenders for every single position. So um, the main thing is, is just, I guess, you have the that talent pool now is is trying to get the tactics right and trying yeah. to get them play together um, and mesh as a team to stick to that game plan that's going to beat the All Blacks, which I guess coaches have been trying to come up with for decades and decades is how do you beat these guys <laughs> and how do you beat them consistently? It's going to be fascinating, is it, Tom? That's brilliant stuff and lot lots more to come on the Lions tonight. But but before we wrap up this first section, just a little bit about London Irish. Another big win for you yesterday. Um, looking good for the playoffs. Yeah, everything's going to plan. I think um, you know start of the season it was um, trying to regroup and and build that confidence. And um, I mean we made it all the way to Jersey without being beaten. So we've only yeah. lost lost once this year yeah. in, in the championship. So. Um, you know everything's going very well. I think um, a lot of the guys have been playing playing well consistently. A lot of the guys that might have been had a few injuries are coming back into form. Um, you know, and the, the coaching staff led by Nick Kennedy um, have been doing a brilliant job to to keep the mood up and and to try and us transition us into a different way of playing, which we have this season. So, um, 
you know, everything's looking good. Everything's going to plan. The, the win on the weekend against Doncaster away was, was good for the boys. But, um, you know, obviously finals football is something different. So, um, And you'll probably face Doncaster again in the, yeah, in the it, semis it, in a couple of weekends' time. It looks like we've got them home yeah. and away, yeah. Is so. it good to have... Can you take anything from yesterday's win or... I think I think you can obviously take a, a moral victory and know that um, you can go up there and beat them. Obviously, I think um, in two weeks' time they're going to be a different uh, a different team to play with everything on the line with regards to promotion to the Premiership. So you can't really assume that by beating them on the weekend it's going to it's going to get you over the line a couple of weeks' time, as anyone would know with finals. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a different ball game when it comes to knockout rugby. Oh, we can't wait to see what happens uh, as, as, as we get to the business end of the championship as well as the premiership. In association with QBE Business Insurance, principal partner of the British and Irish Lions. And uh, we have we got Brian Moore? Brian? Yeah, uh, welcome, welcome, Hello, welcome. Tell us, please, how are you? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm breathing, which is uh, uh, a good start. Frankly, yes. <laughs> no, I tell you what, you guys. I'm, 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 I know it sounds really incongruous, but I'm actually very lucky because the ICU nurse who who looked after me and, and discharged me with all the medicines and all the hundreds of tablets I've got to take and all that sort of stuff said to me when she was she, when she said when I was told what your upper systolic was um, from your blood pressure, I said. There's a mistake there that you, that's not possible. Oh, gosh. Um, she said because it was over 380-something. 300 uh, it's supposed to be 120 over, I don't know, 80 or something. It was 380. She said, you, you should have had a stroke immediately. Uh, you didn't. Um, when we got it under control, um, remarkably, quite a lot of it is, is in working order, but there are a couple of arteries that are blocked, so... We're going to have to do the bypass, but then they found a, a clot, so they've got to get okay. rid of that. And, but, 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 um, one, I didn't die. Two, they caught it in time. Three, they'll get rid of the clot. Four, it is major surgery, but it is routine surgery. Um, and um, thereafter, it should operate, you know, as normal. So on the one hand, yeah, not very nice. On the other hand, really, really lucky. Well, Brian, I'm sure uh, everyone listening to this podcast or you know are all uh, all behind you and hoping that you make a, a full and speedy recovery. Can Which, I just say yeah. I, I I was immensely touched by the breadth of of of, of goodwill from from past foes, from former teammates, from present players to you know it really was a a, a, a hugely um, humbling experience to, to 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 get that number of, of messages and I and, and I thank I can't thank each and every person individually because there are too many but I it really in the dark times and there were a few um, it really really helped so thank you very much uh, any from uh, any former French hookers or <laughs> um, well yeah but, um, <laughs> but, but you, you have to you have to you have to understand the sort of humour between hookers <laughs> it's, it's not very it's not very dark, subtle. Dark at the best yeah, of yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, I see you didn't die this time. <laughs> about as good as it gets, actually. Um, so there you go. Uh, so, Brian, what's what's next? Can you? Um, uh, no, I just have to wait for the operation. Yeah. 
conditions to be right to have a triple bypass and then I have to recover from that operation and uh, and try and go forward. Uh, and, and people, I think, were, were amazed to see you even managing to tweet in the middle of all this. Yeah, but look, I tell yeah. you what, yeah, but I tell you what, to tweeting, you know, if you can't retain your sense... Look, people are allowed to deal with adversity in any way they want, and, and one of my ways is to is to have a sick sense of humour. Yeah. And it might not be... It might not be everyone else's way of dealing with it. It's one of my ways of trying to alleviate pressure and, and not take myself too seriously. Um, so, but anyway, there you go. There oh. you go. And have you had any thoughts on Lions next week? Have you yeah, had time? Well, I, I yeah, I, I, one, one of the things which, which it appears that you've dug up, this, a bit, this thing about, this nod about Kyle yes. uh, Sinclair. Yes. Um, as a bolter. Now, if that comes about, that is fairly remarkable. And I have to say... I'd be really pleased about that because I've known Kyle since he was 16. Yeah. And he's from, he's, he's a bit like Genge uh, from, uh, uh, was, at, was at Leicester, in that, you know, his upbringing has not been conventional. He's had a few problems. He's, his family circumstances are not, not as easy as, uh, uh, and straightforward as, as many people's. But from the day he got to Quinn's, he kept his mouth shut. It wasn't the big I am. Yeah. He didn't think he knew everything. He listened to everybody. Obviously, you can't take into account what everyone says because it's not all sensible. But he, he sorted out what he felt worked for him, what it didn't work for him, and he's just practised harder and harder and harder. Never got above himself, never started, uh, you know, trying to get a, an individual cult figure around him. And if he, if he succeeds, I think it's a testament to his to his character yes yeah absolutely it's one of those 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 great stories and there'll be many more i think yeah. from the, from this lion squad and, and it looks brian that sam warburton unless there's any sort of further complications um with his injury will be the captain is that you understand with tom and i have chatted here do you understand yeah, is understand, that something you'd support I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if warren gatland hadn't gone to rob howie and said before Six Nations, I want Sam to have a, a year off yeah. as captain. Yeah. Because I want him fresh as captain. I don't want him weighed down with Wells' problems. Just let him play. Uh, this is what we're doing. And that would make a lot of sense to me. Um, <clears throat> now he's... Uh, well, he can't play anymore because he's injured at the moment. So, But uh, he, he knows him really well. He trusts him. He's a winning Lions captain before. That makes, that makes enormous sense to me. But it, but it does suggests to me that the decision to drop him or demote him um, or whatever was a planned one. Uh, they didn't tell anyone. They just said, look, take this pressure off him. Let him have a decent time so he can justify his place. Yeah, and it's it's, it's so that, that conundrum of letting him flourish without the, the burden of responsibility and then giving it back to him. But it, the Lions is different, the isn't Lions, it, Brian? Yeah, yeah, the Lions is different. Um, whoever, whoever gets the Lions uh, captaincy... Um, he's going to be under. Uh, he's going to. Well, I tell you. I tell you what. He's not. Ju- it isn't just the captain. When you're there, you're going to be under pressure anyway. As a as a test starting player, you're going to be under pressure. And um, him. Uh, you know, I don't subscribe to the fact that uh, his performances in the Six Nations were down to him not having the captaincy. I think they were down. To him um, being, you know, I, I think they were down. To I, I'm pretty sure he was in on the decision. I'm pretty sure he knew about it. 
I think he was just thought, right, I can just, let me just, I know what's going on now. Let me just go and, and, and do this. Um, yes, of course he will have to step up, step down, and take the challenges of Alliance Tour going forward. In, in a, but so will, so will someone else. Um, and he's done it before. Uh, and, you know, he's shown that he can come through that. But look, let, let's face this. This is a difficult tour. Yeah. Whoever takes this on, he's going he's gonna to have a really difficult time. Um, and people are going to have to you know, give him enormous help. Having had the experience of that at least once is going to be a help. Bram, one of the one of the uh, things we've been chatting with Tom here about is just the the nervousness of the next few days for for the players, and I must ask, you know, when you got your call, um, was it very different? Uh, what, what, do, you, do you have happy sad memories? I I I I found out the first time on teletext. Did you? Tom, do you even remember Teletext? <laughs> I, I do vaguely. I'm actually a little bit older than most of them, so I do remember. Well, do you remember how uh, if you if you if you start, if you didn't stop on a page long enough, <laughs> it, it went again, didn't it? And you thought, oh God, no, no! And you had to wait the whole of a hundred and whatever an odd to get back round to the same page before you could watch it again. And so the first time it came down, because I'm M, and I'm not on the first. Uh, sheet, it goes on there first one, I stuff it on the first one and it gets to about uh, HI, I think it goes 300 I think, I think oh, it no. thought it was 301 301, yeah, wasn't it? And yeah. it went oh, 401, I said no, no no, <laughs> come back, no and so I had to wait until it went right back round to 301 <laughs> of you before it read out the M's and stuff and I, I found out I was in and uh-huh. the second time I think we got mobile phones by then so you you got a text, which was uh, which was very civilized, which was very civilized. Oh yes, not 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 quite as glamorous uh, as Wednesday's announcement will be, but uh, still the exact same feelings that uh, um, of nervousness and expectation no, all mixed the, together. The, the thing is, in, in, it is different because in eighty in ninety three, I was tipped to go because I got the experience. The other hook is in. Then them five nations didn't have as much experience, and I was going to be certainly one of two. Um, you know, but in '89 I was in no one's first choice squad. I was in I was in many I was an outsider in many people's books to even go. Um, I ended up getting playing all three tests, but but that was obviously that was the crucial one. The people who were in that situation will be just desperate. They'll be desperate because the thing about the lines and why the selection problems are so difficult is normally when you're in a club, you know who's number one. Yeah. Or you know, or nowadays, um, you, 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 you're quite happy if you're a proper hook, you say, well, we're both number one because this is the nature of the game. One has 50, one has 30, or vice versa. That's the way it goes. Um, but um, that's not, it's not like that at uh, the national level. You know, you're number one. And when you get to Lions level... You want to be number one, and if you're not number one, you're not happy because you think you should be. Everyone should think they should be number one. They should be the starter, and they used to be number one. They used to starting not just for the club, the provinces, and the country. And when they have to step down and watch someone else who they don't think is as good um, take what they consider to be their place, that is a very difficult um, 
mental uh, conundrum to deal with. And that's when you find out the stature and the size of players' egos, their ability to commit and suborn their individual desires to the team ethic. And some can do it and some can't. And you'll see the, the ones that go right, the ones who pull together, um, they'll do as well as possible. And others, when it goes wrong, everything fractures. It fractures on the usual nationalistic lines because those are the easiest fault lines. And, and, it, and, it, and it, goes, it goes badly wrong. Yes. I think that's, you know, the character, you, as you know well, Brian, character will be key as well as, yes. well as skill. Well, listen, mate, listen, thanks so much for, for joining us tonight. And, um, well, thank you we're, for, we're... for doing this. It's a great job. Uh, you, you can stop now. <laughs> I'm just uh, disappointed I didn't get to see you today, Brian. But, uh, rest <laughs> up anyway. <laughs> Brian, yeah, listen, yeah. thoughts, thoughts, all our thoughts are with you. And thank please, you. please rest up. Not too, too much tweeting. Just uh, right. be, take it easy. And right. uh, listen, uh, all the best. And uh, I hope the operation goes to plan and, and you're, yeah. you're, you're back in the seat sooner, yeah. sooner than ever. Thank you. Thank, thanks, you thanks Brian. Bye thanks, Bye-bye. I think now we're joined with Craig Chalmers. Sorry, Craig, if we kept you waiting there. We had, uh, <laughs> we had Brian talking from the sick bed there. And uh, he, he, even in his condition, he, he still loves to talk rugby. Um, yeah, yeah, no, he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, so, so pleased you could join us. Um, obviously, Pleasure. you were... Um, part of that that victorious uh, Lions side in '89 alongside with Brian. Yeah, no, a long time ago. I think I was the youngest in the tour, but uh, yeah, it was a long time ago. I was my, it was my first season of international rugby, so yeah. To be honest, I didn't really know there was a tour on that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was just happy to be playing for Scotland at the time. So yeah, no, it was a long time ago, but uh, great memories. Yeah, great memories. And were you were you, uh, were you pouring over C uh to see if you'd made the cut that that time? <laughs> no, it was weird. It was a weird one because my post in those days, obviously with social media and stuff nowadays, it was yeah. all you know, you touch your finger. But um, my post, it was through a letter. You got a letter through the door, and yeah. my mail didn't arrive till maybe late morning. I was at work. Um, the Scottish Power. I worked in Gala Shields, and yeah. and uh, I didn't know if I was going or not. And so, so I went down. The team was announced on radio at ten o'clock. I actually found out in the garages at Scottish Power with all the mechanics that. <laughs> that's where I found out that I was going and going to Australia. So it was. And you trusted you know, them, okay? Yeah, that was. A... Well, I, I did. I said, that, well, when they announced announced the team, the names on on the radio, it was like. Did they say my name? So it was like you know, it was, it was uh, yeah, it was a surreal feeling, and I got home and the letter was there. So yeah, it was it was a it was a great experience, and yeah, it was a great privilege and honour to pull on the jersey. Yeah, Craig, looking ahead to Wednesday. Um there's probably, uh, at the start of the, certainly at the start, the way Scotland started the Six Nations, there would have been, I think, uh, rightly so, great expectation about um, a, a, a decent contingent of, of Scotland players mm-hmm. in this squad. Um, has that sort of optimism um, dipped a little bit um, for you? Yeah, I think, it's a bit, I think there's a lot, of chat, a lot of chat about how Scotland performed away from home. Yeah. I thought they performed pretty well in Paris and could have won that game. Um, you know, outscored the French by two tries to one, but I think uh, Twickenham that was going to be a big test for a lot of Scots. And you know, Lions hopes maybe didn't rest in it totally, but yeah. I think 
you know, I think I think one Gatlin would be looking at a game and thinking, you know, how are these guys are going to cope with the pressure of this big game. There's a lot of expectancy that you know they're coming down here, and the Scots. I mean, I was one of them. I, I thought it'd be a, a much tighter game than it was, and yeah. um, you know, England just blew us away. But we were very poor in the day, and England were very good. But um, you know, it was really just disappointing for certain individuals. I think you know, one or two guys put their you know put their chances um, a little bit back, back a little bit. Yeah. But, um, and who would you bang the drum for now, Craig? If you're inside that that final, I think there's a one final selection meeting on Tuesday afternoon. Um, I mean, obviously, people expect Stuart Hogg to go, and, and rightly so, one of the stars of the, the championship. Yeah, I think Stuart Hogg will go if, if his first choice. I think he's got to get on the turn and then you know fight for that position at fullback. Um, never mind two doubts about his defence, but I think his attacking ability is second to none. Um, at the moment, and I think he'll be on the plane. I think Tommy Seymour's got a great chance of being on the plane. Yep. Um, I think he's a good season for Glasgow and for for Scotland. Um, and even maybe even Sean Maitland, he was in the last tour yep. down to Australia, and yep. he's a big, strong. He knows New, knows New Zealand, obviously. He's a you know Kiwi by birth. Um, I think he's got a chance, and I, I think Finn Russell. I was going to ask you I, that, yeah, as, yeah, as a fly half, that. yeah. Although he, although he lacks a control sometimes, I do think uh, he's as good as the other guys. He offers more in attack, more than the likes of uh, Bigger and, and Ford with his, his running ability. Um, and his distribution is, is pretty good at times. He just gets a, gets a bit loose at times and lacks a bit of control. But um, I, would, I certainly would, I'd take him as, I would take Finn Russell as a, as a third fly half. You've got Sexton as your number one. I think Farrell as a, as a fly half option. And, uh, and Finn Russell um, in the forwards, I think it's tough. I think uh, I think for me in the back row, the only guy that I would say is is Hamish Watson. But it's a tough, 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 tough competition. You know, there's so many good back rows up for selection. I think it'd be mainly Welsh and Irish back row that go in the tour. But uh, in the second row is exactly the same with the two grey boys. I think Richie's faded away a little bit. But I think, you know, I'd like to see Johnny Gray. I think Johnny Gray, I'd like to see him on tour. But there's so many options in there as well with Henderson and, you know, Donica Ryan. There's so many guys at that could come in and, and, and do an equally good job. So, you know, there's, there's you know, they've got your, your Cruises and your Alwyn Joneses. So, you know, I don't think we'll get a front row on the trip. I think Nell might have been on, on tour, but he won't make it with injuries. So, yeah, I mean, I think if we can get three or four guys on tour, that that's going to be a real positive for us because, um, you know, I, I, I don't think there's many guys uh, just looking at the strength of the of the of the four nations are going to are going to get to go. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. You, you never know. You never never know. Craig, what's your thoughts on uh, Ferguson coming through? Hi, how are you? By the way, how you doing? All right. Um, I, I, I'm really I've been really impressed. I thought he's, I think he's come on a lot this year. Um, He's got, he's got a massive work rate, and he is maybe one guy who who might be a bit of a ball to us. Not people aren't talking about. Um, he, he's you know his scumming has come on. He's not the best scummer in the world. He's only 21, 22 years old, um, but his work rate is unbelievable. He yeah. carries the ball well. Um, he's, you know, and he, he defends. His defense is very very good as well. So he's a modern day prop. He, he, he just obviously got a you know, just improve the scrummage slightly. But that'll come and, you know, he's going to be a fantastic player for Scotland for many, many years to come. Yeah. I, I also, I think Fraser Brown's another guy as well. 
you know, he's he's in a, he's you know, he's very, very good around the park. He's a modern day player. Um he's throwing at times can can be a little bit a bit dodgy, but you know, he's 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 you know That's most yeah, focus, he's, isn't he's right <laughs> he, he's, he's most focus of that problem, yes. <laughs> and if uh rather than, than playing the parent role, but if you could pick one of the Grey brothers, um, which one would you pick? I'd take Johnny. I'd take Johnny. Um I think Richie I think Richie's probably fallen off a little bit in the last two or three games. I just think uh, Johnny's, you know, he may not start the tests, but I think he's somebody you could put midweek and and he'll 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 knock his you know knock his pan in for for eighty minutes or however long he lasts for, yeah. and you know you'll get a massive amount out of him. But that can be said about so many other players from the, from Ireland and Wales and England. There's such a strength and depth there, you know, you know, according to laws. There's just so many. It's just going to be such a tough toner, you know, charterist. There's just so many guys there. It's unbelievable. I, I would not like to be in Warren Gatlin's shoes. You know, there's going to be there's going to be ten or twelve guys sitting there on is it Wednesday? Yeah. And they're going to be going, why am I? Why am I not? How am I not in that team? <laughs> and, and there is, and and I think in, in years gone by, you wouldn't be saying that. But I think it's much harder to pick this time now. Um, Craig, any sure. any concerns that there won't be a sort of Scottish voice in the coaching panel, um, not just over selection, but as as the tour tour goes on? Because I know Warren Gatlin was trying to get Gregor and probably Jason involved as well at some stage, and it didn't quite work out. Is it, any concerns for you about that point? I think it always helps. I think it always helps if you've got a Scottish, uh, you know, Representation on the panel. I think, yeah. I think there will be there will be hopefully it's actually meeting as well. There'll be a Scottish voice there. If that's Gregor or if Jason or even yeah. if it's Vernon Carter, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I'd like to think that there'd be somebody there pushing the Scots and and, and, and speaking for them. Um, I think Warren will. He knows he'll know he'll know majority of his, of his team. You yeah. know, for the te- for the first test in Auckland, it'll just be. Because you've got to pick. I think you've got to pick a team. Not not only going to win the test matches, but it's going to, you know, back up midweek. You've got to pick a lot of tough characters that are going to, you know, go into these midweek matches, and that's going to be really, really physical and, and really hard work. And I think uh, he'll be he'll be picking a team for you know guys that can stand up to that. And there's still even even though the team is announced on Wednesday, the squad to go, you know, there will be one or two guys. As I know myself, in, in '93, I broke my arm in the last game. Uh, the, of the Five Nations before New Zealand, they missed that tour because of that, and you know there will be one or two changes, one or two guys will get injured. So, listen, it's not you know players aren't selected next Wednesday. They shouldn't give up all hope because you know there, there will be opportunities for players to go out there and and make a big impression. Hopefully, it's a long tour. It's a, and it's a it's a tough tour, no harder tour to go on than uh, New Zealand. I've been there twice with Scotland and know exactly what it's like. And and should the Lions travel? With hope, Craig, you know, do you think when you look at the options and, you know, we've all talked over the last few weeks about trying to, to pick a Lions squad, it's not an easy thing to do, <laughs> given the quality of options that that, that, that have exist for, for Warren. Um, did, it's tough, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think it should travel home. I think I think Ireland, Ireland has given us that hope. That yeah. victory in, in Chicago, for me, you must have given every player in the home nations a, a massive boost, you know, and it was great. I mean, you know, I watched Ireland lose to All Blacks narrowly a few years ago, and I was, you know, I was screaming at the television, you know, and I was the same again. It was a bit of deja vu. Is it going to happen again? But 
So actually Ireland showed a character, and I think that's one of the reasons why there'll be a lot of Irish guys on the trip, because they've been, been there, seen it, done it, they've beaten the All Blacks recently. And that experience is massive um, on, on, on any tour, on any trip. Um, but no, I, I think they can, and I think it's, the first test is massive. It's, it's always really important to win the first test after a long season mentally get to get right but it's not it's a good all blacks team but it's not the best all blacks team i've seen uh you know over the years but i think that it's a really really strong group of british players and i think if warren gets his style right and you know style of play and how he's going to play he'll know how he wants to play he's going to be physical hopefully try and play some rugby as well at the right times and you know actually stretch the all blacks like ireland did in in, in chicago they took the game to them and made them made them work in defense and made them think in defence, and uh, you know, obviously with a lot of good accurate kicking as well. So, you know, the, the aerial battle will be huge as well against All Blacks because they pick a, they kick a, kick a lot of ball away, but they kick very very accurately and very very well. So, you'll see, you know, you see a lot of uh, guys getting taken out in the air and some, some crucial decisions from referees. <laughs> um, uh, maybe a red card here, a yellow card here, which might be uh, really really important in the series. But uh, no, it's exciting. I'm going down, so I'm looking forward to. It. Excellent. I'm, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. It's going to be. It's going to be fantastic. And Craig, for those um, who won't know just how intense rugby is in New Zealand, um, having toured there with Scotland, just just what faces these guys, and uh, you know, to give an insight for the Lions supporters who won't quite maybe know what, what lies ahead for the team. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we have it in 1996 with Scotland and. You know, wherever you go, they know exactly why you're there. You know, it is the the main sport in the country, and you know it's a, it's looked at through you know mics microscope. You know, every you know every man, woman, child, they know know everything about rugby, and they're very knowledgeable about it. They're very good at it, and uh, you know I, I think it's you know it's just magnified even more now the, the media the you know the way that the way that the, the tv the tv is nowadays all the replays now it's just a, you know it's, it's a it's a it's a great sport to be involved in and i think that they look at themselves as being the the best of the best and you know they don't like it they're they're, they're actually they don't like it when they get beaten we saw that uh we saw that in chicago and I'm just looking forward to to seeing seeing them getting their feathers ruffled, ruffled a little bit in the in the summer. Not only in the the test, the big games on the Saturdays, but the midweek games as well. It's important for any touring party to have happy midweek, happy Saturday. So you're winning games and you're gaining momentum. You're building up good uh, relationships with the players from other countries, and uh, you know making those bonds. And if that happens, the first three or four games are crucial. And if you can get a rhythm and get momentum and take it into that first test, then you know hopefully we can see a you know you know that first test victory will be huge in the in the series. Absolutely critical, Craig. Before I let you go, um, I must ask you for your your prediction. Well, I think the Lions will win two one. I think they'll win the series two one. They'll win the first one set first test and win the last test. So. I like the positive positivity. <laughs> Bring it on. Craig, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Pleasure, guys. Pleasure. All the best. So, Tom, we move on to Ireland, a uh, subject you know well, uh, 32 caps for Ireland. And uh, as we said, your your last and a nice experience with the Lions. Um, I think Ireland had a, a very strong uh, contingent uh, four years ago. Do you expect the same again this time around? Um, th- there should be quite a few there. I think obviously different positions. You know, there's there's a few younger guys that are really putting their hands up through the through the championship 
um, that I think will will be definitely in the 23, um, at least the plans, as long as they don't get injured and, and they're playing well through the tour. So, um, you know, I think obviously, like uh, like Craig mentioned, that win earlier in the year versus the All Blacks, yeah. I think is, is going to be key for a lot of these, especially the younger guys, um, you know, having that belief that they can beat these guys. And I think obviously they're used to trying to stretch them and, um, I think most people would sort of say there's two ways to beat the All Blacks. You either shut up shop and try and beat them a set piece, um, which I think the, the Northern Hemisphere rugby would be able to dominate them, scrum yeah. more, things like that. But yeah. that's not going to be much of a series to watch. And to be honest, if you look at that Irish game where they played the All Blacks, um, you know, they just tried to outscore them. They yeah. tried to stay in front. And the All Blacks aren't used to chasing teams. They're used to being front runners. They're used to looking good throwing lots of offloads and, and being out in front and trying to defend a lead rather than trying to chase. Um, so I think that's obviously set the tone. And, you know, young guys, I think, through the championship, guys like Tag Furlong um, have been immense. Guys like Jack McGrath has probably been the most consistent player for Ireland for the last two years. Then you've got other guys like um, CJ Stander really coming through, putting his hand up. Obviously, Conor Murray, world-class scrum half. You know, hopefully he will be starting the Lions tests. Um, Johnny Sexton looks like he's going to be bolted on in there as well, mm. and then you got a few other guys, um, you know, throughout the the centres, the young guys like Ringrose and and obviously Robbie Henshaw that are really starting to show. So, um, you know, there's a lot of guys in there that hopefully will be able to at least get a, a place on the plane, and then they can prove themselves throughout the tour. So, um, the, the the thing that's blown me away with the Irish team is not only the youth coming through, but the actual experience. And I guess maturity that the young guys have shown, and I think yeah. the time spent around guys like Paul O'Connell, for guys like Conor Murray, the time spent around guys like Brian O'Driscoll, for guys like Gary Ringrose, um, you know that is obviously um, you can't put a value on it. And I think it's really showing in how they're starting to play, and that the maturity of such a young group of players. If you actually look across the cross section of the team, take out a few of the older heads like Rory Best. Um, maybe Donica Ryan, um, you know, some of the grizzled forwards. And, uh, you know, the, the general age of those guys is, is low to mid-20s. Um, yeah. You know, so the level of maturity they're showing across the board, hopefully they can stick together as a group for five to ten years for Ireland, but also they can take that maturity in the Lions tour and really impose themselves and show that, uh, you know, they're the guys for the, for the uh, test team. And I think from Warren Gatlin's perspective, he will look at... The character, I think um, he made a big point in 2013 about the the Wales-England uh, sort of Grand Slam showdown and, and who would stand up in that match. Uh, England floundered in that game and, and that affected their selection and certainly of the test team. If you look at Ireland, you know, Gatlin will sit there and think that these Ireland players have actually beaten New Zealand and if you're standing in that first test looking eye to eye, there will be no fear or or um, there'll be a psychological edge that say we've done it before, we can do it again. And I, and I think the second point of that is that in Dublin, beating that incredibly powerful England team, stopping them at least winning a second Grand Slam, um, really I think will have... Uh, Gatlin will have taken note of several performances. And it's funny, interestingly, um, some of the intelligence I was picking up yesterday that Ian Henderson... Uh, isn't sort of now from not being a, a starter for Ireland um, during the Six Nations has caught the eye with a ma that massive performance 
uh, against England, try scoring. Um, and he's the sort of utility forward, powerful man that 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 could could have a great tour if he if he's given the chance. Yeah, I think you know you, you mentioned obviously guys like Carl Sinclair earlier. If they're not going to be you know maybe the typical starter for their country. They need to bring something different, you know. Kyle Sinclair yeah. brings something different for yeah. a tight for a yeah. tight head, yeah. um, you know. And and so does Ian Henderson. I mean, knowing Ian from from Ulster, he's he's quite a well, actually, he's a very laid back character, yeah. almost horizontal to be <laughs> fact. Um, extremely intelligent guy as well, yeah. but um, he is so explosive and so powerful for such a a big guy. Um, it sort of would freak you out how fast because he'd be he'd be outpacing a lot of the backs most of the time, probably. Similar speeds to what Stevie Ferris used to get up to in his prime. So, you know, and he can just, he, he knows where the trial line is. When you're in an important game, important moments, he always seems to be able to find the trial line and get over. He'll worm his way over on his own between bundles and bundles of massive guys. He just seems to be able to make things happen at the right times. Now, he's obviously still fairly young um, on, a, on a player development perspective but he has been playing for a long time at the top level and he seems to just matured the last few years to to really sort of show himself and I think obviously as an option where he does cover second row, back row um, he's quite versatile, he's very good line out forward but he also offers a lot in attack um, and defence I think he's one of those all round guys that uh, would be a great not only just a squad player but will really put pressure on that team to, to play all blacks yeah, I'm delighted to say I think we've got Nick Evans joining us um, on the line. Nick, how's things? Good evening, guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, um, just we're just having we're talking all things front row at the minute, Nick. So uh, hopefully Brilliant. you can add your insight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, bring you back in about. Seven minutes. <laughs> well, listen, you can at least tell me about Kyle Sinclair. Um, uh, quite a lot of uh, intel that yesterday that he he may be in the squad when it's announced on Wednesday. Just. Tell us a little bit about um, about working with Kyle and his potential. Yes, absolutely brilliant. It's uh, great to hear his name being bended around. I definitely think there's a spot um, available for for someone like him, and um, he's been great for us. He's been uh, he's a young guy coming through. He, uh, he's very very powerful. You see the impact that he's made when he's had the opportunities to come on against England. Uh, he seems to always find himself. In those areas, making the line break uh, runs very, very hard. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to talk about the scrummaging um, because <laughs> it's not an area of my expertise. But uh, the boys, the boys tell me he pushes, he pushes really hard uh, and does it very, very well. Um, so, but for me, all around the park uh, is his big uh, attribute for me, which uh, you know, being a ten, uh, his communication has come on leaps and bounds for a young guy. You know, when he demands the ball, and that's what. It really is a team, it helps you out a lot. You know, you've got uh, front row forwards or forwards that demand the ball and know when they want the ball and get themselves into positions where they're the ones that they're best at. Um, and it makes it easy for you to, to manipulate the defence and, and hopefully put these guys into, uh, into gaps. And uh, he's been brilliant for, for us for that. So um, I, I really hope he, he gets the chance. Yeah, and, and, and it's a remarkable that he, he has yet to start a test for England. Um, I think he's had eight, eight appearances off the bench since his debut in November. It, it, there's no way he would be overawed by this call, in your view, Nick? No, I don't think so. I think, yeah. um, I think he's done a really good job there. I think you know it's very easy to put these young guys in, but I think he's uh, he's moulded them very well and he's... Uh, 
he's obviously doing a lot of backroom work with him in, in terms of his, you know, a young guy coming through, it's easy just to, all the hype of being around England and things like that, and, and you know, being a front row, it's, uh, you know, you want to be out there starting, and, you know, it's a bit more macho kind of an area compared to, you know, a half-back during, you know, a nine or ten position, you know, you want to be that, that, that number one guy all the time, and uh, I think, He's worked really hard with the on the mental side of the game with uh, with Sink, and I think it's really worked well for us as well. And I think that will help those if he does get the call up, being involved in that in, this, in a massive, massive squad like the British Lions. I don't think he'll get overawed with that, and I think he'll he'll see it as a massive opportunity and an exciting one. That yeah, and would he make a good tourist? I think he would. Yeah, I think he would. He's great. He's uh, he's you know he's one of these young exuberant guys that are coming through you know he's, he's very confident uh, he's confident in himself he's confident in his ability but he likes a good laugh as well and I think he's a, he's a good squad man um, I, I'm sure there's a lot of senior guys uh, in and around with that that would uh, that would look after him but he's, he, he's not one to just be shy or anything like that and I think that's great you know he, he's he's got a great character and, he, and he's not afraid to show it which is uh, what you need you need a guy like that on tour and would many of your other your boys down at Harlequins, would you think, uh, uh, put their hands up well for the tour, Nick? Yeah, it's, it's a hard one. I mean, um, I think uh, I think Marla, I think Marla will go. I mean, uh, I think uh, he's, he's been fantastic, and I think he, he definitely deserves a spot. I think um, it depends on you know how many nines are going to be. Three nines, you're probably looking at uh, yeah. Murray, probably Webb and Young. Um, so Danny's probably got an outside shot, depending on you know it's going to be hard. How Gatlin wants to play, we're going to find out when he chooses squad. So I guess we're all kind of guessing in terms of the style and the way that he wants to play. Mike Brown, um, he's probably got a another outside shot as well in terms of you know I'd say if Halfpenny doesn't go, then Brown will go. I'd say if Halfpenny goes, then Brown won't go. Uh, I, I can kind of see it going like that. Rob Shaw. The back row, I mean, it's flip a coin. Uh, for me, there's so many good back rowers up here at the moment. Um, you, there's going to be some big names that won't be going, won't, that won't be touring. So, uh, again, he's probably just out, outside on the periphery a little bit. Uh, and then you're probably looking at guys like Jamie Roberts. Um, you know, again, uh, he, he, he seems to be a bit of a Gatlin's go-to man, although he hasn't started much but uh, for Wales. But um, he, he seems to be a Gatlin go-to man. So you never know for those guys. And Nick, are you getting any any chat from New Zealand about uh, about the excitement brewing? Is there um, is it already Lions fever down there? Yeah, it is, mate. I mean, I remember when I, back in two thousand and five when I played, uh, it was the, the country just went mad for it. For it, you know, we got to wait twelve years for the, for this opportunity to come round. And a small country, rugby mad. Uh, the, the small towns get involved, and I know the Lions will go out and around these small towns and do little coaching clinics and the, the the country will just absolutely love it and uh, and you know the teams will be up for it as well you know this is a very very big tour and it's a tough tour you know the franchises are going to be fully loaded with all blacks up yeah. until the first test um, you know it's, it's not an easy tour and and uh, for the Lions point of view but and that just shows the respect that New Zealand has for the Lions and the fact that they are fully loaded and ready for for this you know they're, they're going full gung-ho right up until the um, right up, up until the test matches so look uh, I've got people asking me for tickets already and you know <laughs> things like that so look it's going to be it's going to be a fantastic tour it'll be fantastic for people that the opportunity to get to go to play obviously as players but also people that go down there and tour because I'm you know I'm, I'm New Zealand is a fantastic place, uh, and they will enjoy it being able to be accessible as you get around fantastic places. I don't know if you've seen that Facebook uh, campaign, Adopt a Lion, which um, you know, asking yeah. New Zealand. I mean, it's just just to me strikes such a great note about the 
rugby people in New Zealand uh, just just want to get involved and help people, help supporters um, from here make the trip, uh, given the sort of the expense of the hotels and and the limited number of hotel beds. That it just just for me struck such a great note to, before the tour has even started that there's such a momentum behind it. It's like the old days and booking players out. You know when you used to tour down yeah. there, you used to go stay with the stay with the family you were playing <laughs> against. I mean they were the great days. Um, but uh, oh, you know you know we are only a little country and we don't have that many hotels in a lot of places. So it's a fantastic gesture by some people to to just put up put people up. And uh, the big thing from our remember from down there was just the camper vans. You know the the Lions tourists. Uh, Hiring out the camper vans, and they're all rolling into Dunedin. Um, you know, from when the Lions played Dunedin, Otago, rolling into Palmerston North, and you know, all camper vans lined up on the beaches and things like that. It's, it's just fantastic, and as I said, the, the whole country will get a, get involved with it, and uh, it'll be it'll be a great spectacle. In association with QBE Business Insurance, principal partner of the British and Irish Lions. You were in Queenstown with Ireland. Yeah, yeah, it was quite, over quite there. time. Um, <laughs> that was uh, that was the the midweek um, the midweek stopover for us. I think we were there for three or four days, and um, look, that was a bit of a, a bit of a chance for everyone to let off steam in the tour. Now, obviously, it didn't really work out that well in the uh, quarterfinal versus Wales, unfortunately. But um, it was uh, it was one of those things I think where um, the boys needed a bit of a break or something to to break it all up. Queenstown is an amazing place to go. I mean, there's so many amazing things in New Zealand, um, but it is a very different environment. You know, Um, a lot of the places are very rural. A lot of the stadiums are quite, um, I guess, hostile in a way with the crowds and stuff. So um, it's not going to be the typical built-up city centre sort of environment that they would be used to over here a lot. And, um, you know, I guess you always have a checklist of things you want to do in New Zealand and boys talk about bungee jumping and um, visiting Ferg Burger for, you know, famous hamburgers and um, all sorts of things in Queenstown. But, um, you know, I guess I'm sure that'll be all factored into the the, um, social schedule as long as uh, the boys can keep their heads on. What, uh, what yeah, no, no dwarf tossing, please. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's fascinating though, on a serious point, that, that that Gatland has built that in again. He did it in 2013 when the, the guys went up to Noosa, just to sort of let off the pressure before that third test. Um, a different way of approaching um, uh, preparation for such a, an important game. But I, I guess you look at what the players will have been through at that point in in a, in a long, long, long season. And, um, you know, did, can you give us an insight into what the benefits are of just stepping away from the pitch, the training pitch and saying, we know what we're doing, we're ready, we just need to blow off some steam? Yeah, I think, you know, that sustained pressure, sustained anxiety from being in camp 24-7 really takes its toll. So I think... There needs to be ways for the boys to be able to relax and and let out some steam and um, you know being in an international environment 24/7 around coaches around players you're thinking rugby the whole time the guys never really switch off so having that for weeks on end um, playing for the Lions and stuff it uh, it's obviously emphasised and, and exaggerated to the to the nth degree so there needs to be ways for the boys to relax and properly relax not just you got an hour or two here an hour or two there it's switch off do something totally different maybe something they've never done before and uh you know let it all hang out for a bit so that they can um 
you know, regroup and, and get back in the swing of things maybe afterwards. Well, um, now it's time for our latest instalment on the team behind the team. In association with QBE Business Insurance, principal partner of the British and Irish Lions, supporting the team behind the team. So as we build up to the British and Irish Lions Tour to New Zealand, we're going to be bringing you the full story of those who make the tour possible, the team behind the team. The coaches, the tour manager, the operations team, the medical staff, the fans, the sponsors, the players, legal officers, performance analysts, and so on and so on, before we get to the team and the coaching staff. But why do they need all these people? Well, in the coming weeks, we'll be explaining why the team behind the team is vital to support the squad's efforts. And all this is supported by QBE Business Insurance. A couple of weeks ago, Brian caught up with the Lions' Director of Operations, Gerard Carmody, and began by asking him about his experience of going to New Zealand. I've been very lucky. I've actually, with Ireland, I've toured New Zealand five times. So I've actually been over there quite a number of times. So I, firstly, I was very lucky that I, I knew the country well. But yeah, you would speak to various different people and get their experiences. I would talk regularly to, to the other team managers in, in, the, in the countries and find out how, how they've gone and toured and the different challenges that they may face in any, any particular tour. And we all do that regularly. But yeah, certainly with New Zealand, you would speak to people to just find out the different experiences that they would have had and, and, and more so the, the venues that they use because mm. you, know, you, you may well be able to rule out a venue if somebody's had a bad experience there. Well, you're currently seconded from the uh, Irish uh, Rugby Football Union. When did you start working on the Lions project? Well, the IRP have been very kind to me um, and they've given me a two years to comment, but I actually travelled over in June 2015, which was uh, a couple of months just before Rugby World Cup uh, <laughs> tournament. So uh, I, I took a couple of weeks out uh, and travelled over and did the first recce for the tour. So started then and then full-time from, from January 16 onwards. Um, I've got a, uh, an impressive set of numbers and statistics here about just the extent to which your job is complicated. Five, well, 50,000 kilometres travelled. Um, who gets the air miles? <laughs> I've got a couple of very impressive cards in my, uh, in my wallet. <laughs> yeah, a considerable amount of trips. I've, been, I've actually been to New Zealand four times for this actual uh, for this tour. So, uh, yeah, quite a considerable amount of travelling and then obviously travelling the length and breadth of New Zealand, looking at all the various venues. So, uh, yeah, a little, a little bit of air miles uh, uh, captured over the last couple of years. Well, just we'll just stick with the travel for a moment. Uh, let's say the flights. You've got seventy players, seventy players and management in total. I think go around there. You yeah. you won't get them all on one flight, will you? Uh, we will get the majority of people on one flight. We'll probably we have an advanced party of, of uh, two to three people that will travel probably forty eight hours before us and. Uh, just, just again, down to sheer numbers and sizes, we probably have about 10 people that will travel a day before us. Uh-huh. But the, the, the core group, all of the players will travel together and, and all of the coaching group. And it'll be the same with coaches. You'll have to have two coaches to ferry people around, won't you? We'll have two 50-seater buses everywhere we go in New Zealand, yeah, yeah to carry everybody around. Uh, I've got down here 20 tonnes of luggage and equipment, 150-plus suit fittings, uh, and uh, it, it sounds... It sounds a huge, complicated task, um, but when you've when you've when you've done it before, is it something that you can just say, right? Provided we do it this way, it will work. I think it's meticulous planning. You know, really, the the, the, 
the, the most important thing actually is you get your fixtures, you, 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 you travel to New Zealand, you pick all of the venues that you're going to use. But for me, you know, it's, it's maximizing and putting the players first. We need mm-hmm. to think about their needs, you know, travel times. You don't want players on buses too long. So really what we're trying to do is remove, you know, them having to worry about the day-to-day things and we plan out their days so that, you know, they can focus on the rugby and the coaches can do the same because ultimately that's the main reason we're there. So we try and plan everything. But, but logistically, you're right. Yeah, there is quite a considerable amount of equipment and, and personal baggage. And, and again, what we're trying to do is remove those those issues from the players. So all of their bags, when we move from place to place, when they arrive at the next hotel, their bags are on their bed. So they don't have to worry about them. They're, they're taken away, they're collected and then moved to the next location. The same with training venues. When they arrive at the training venue, completely set up. We've considered everything from height for analysts, good pitch surfaces, and, and all the various facilities that you'd expect at the training venue. So what we're trying to do is really preempt, preempt their needs and cater for those to ensure that they don't have to worry about those types of things. Do you also plan uh, in advance the, the media access so that the, so Dave Barton, the head of communications, and I suppose Anna Voice as head of commercial, you know, have a smooth ride? We have a great team of people and we've been working very close together. So, yeah, I will work closely with Dave. And again, you know, as you'd know, Brian, every day we, we plan out the day minute by minute for the players in terms of what they need to do, getting all of the rugby requirements, but also understanding the needs of the other departments, whether it's Anna and her commercial requirements to, to ultimately fulfill those obligations or for Dave ensuring that we give the correct access and the correct number of players at the right times and making sure the players understand that. So, you know, it's very much a team effort, all the different, different strands. We've spent massive amount of time planning this meticulously over the last few months to ensure that we cater for all those needs. When you go in, for example, when you go in for, to a hotel, what are, what are the minimum facilities you, you have to demand? I'd be, I'd be quite fussy about hotels, just, just purely the end. But the, the most important thing in a, in a hotel is, one, it's location. You know, again, as I've already mentioned, going to training, but also going to matches. We want to make sure that we're not going to be on buses. We look at the time of day and what the traffic's going to be like at the time of day when we're going to travel will be one of the considerations. But in terms of the actual hotels themselves, function space, as you probably know, we, we, we're, we use quite an amount of function space for the yeah. various different things. For example, private dining, buffet style for the guys to eat. And as you know, they eat quite an, an amount <laughs> of food. Or, you know, from, from the analyst and coaching point of view, you know, we'd set up tables for the analysts to set up their computers so the boys can review and look at, look at footage, etc. Computer style for, for the coaches to do the coaching. Um, medical area, dedicated area for the medics with, with massage beds and all the strappings and different treatments that they need because players would get treatment all, all through the day, as you probably know. And then, you know, a leisure area for the guys to chill out, and like your living room or home, um, because, you know, that interaction between the guys, particularly at the start of the tour, for them to get to know each other is really, really important. We put a big focus on the, on the team room space so that the guys can ultimately, everything that they need is down in that area, and it's the hub of the team as such. And then other things that we consider in hotels, well, the simple things, uh, double beds for every player. Again, you've got some of these guys who are quite large, and we want to make sure that they get a good night's rest to, to prepare uh, for the rugby. So you don't have to um, do what, you don't have to do what we had to do when we went into hotels and there used to be one double bed and one single bed and there used to be a fight you're, for which one got it, it. it yeah, and it was usually the person enough. who got to the room first who just threw the bags on there and said that's it you've got to sleep there I don't care I don't care how tall you are <laughs> so that, absolutely yeah we we well, we try we try our best to make sure that everybody has a, has a double bed for the duration of the tour uh, and try and avoid those little scribbles in rooms um but yeah they're, they're the sorts of things and, and and one of the other things that's really important believe it or not is internet again particularly no, when you're somewhere like that. New Zealand 
you know, guys trying to Skype home or, or talk to, to loved ones is really, really important. So there'd be some of the things that would be in my checklist to, to make sure that we, we cater for it. But ultimately, professional rugby player these days, Brian, wants a couple of key things. He wants really good food, good night's sleep, and, and, and just being able to focus on what they need to do. And, and, and they're the sort of main criteria that we try to, to cater for when we're looking at them. Uh, training uh, grounds, they can vary from superb facilities under super rugby teams to to school venues uh, and so on. Do you have any particular uh, requirements in mind for those, uh, bearing in mind your Lions have a sort of diplomatic and ambassadorial role as well? You've got to cater for the needs, as you say. The, the rugby comes first in terms of pitch surface. That's the most important thing, making sure that the surface is good and it's, it's a full-size pitch will be the first thing that I look at. But you're right, again, you have to cater for the, for the local the different places you're going to be. For example, you, from Auckland to Fungaray, they're completely two different types of location. So uh, when you go there, you have to understand that they're going to be some, some of these venues will be limited in their, in their provision of, of elite training facilities. So you've got to adapt. And that's old school touring. And that's what the lines is about. You adapt to the locations that you go to and you deal with what's in front of you. As much as possible, we try to ensure that we deliver the facilities. But in certain times, you just have to adapt and get on with it. Uh, well, obviously, you don't want things to go wrong, but things occur that you can't necessarily predict. Who, who is in charge of sort of emergency responses to things? Uh, we're working with Charlie McCune, who's our chief operating officer. Charlie, Charlie's done a good, good amount of work on our contingency planning. And again, you're, you're trying to look at the what ifs. And we've done a huge amount of work on this and the different things and different scenarios that can happen. And hopefully none of them do. But, you know, you do think about what, what might happen and, and you, you try and work through a, a practical approach to that. But there's always going to be a, an element of dealing with these things as they come in front of you. Just uh, a final point. On this tour, are you going to visit in the Cargill? No, we're not. You lucky, lucky, lucky man. <laughs> I've never been to Invercargill. Well, actually. don't don't bother. You're really not missing anything. You really are. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> of all the places in New Zealand, that's not one to go. And there are plenty of places that are worthwhile going. Jared, thank you very much. Fascinating insight. Um, hope it all goes well. Brian, great talking to you. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks uh, for Jer for sharing his story and how he fits into the team behind the team. And thanks also to QBE Business Insurance who support this podcast and the team behind the British and Irish Lions. QBE are about building the strongest partnerships, one team and collaboration across multiple countries to give businesses the confidence to achieve their ambitions. Next month we will be hearing from another key member of the backroom staff as the lead up to the Lions tour in New Zealand continues. Well, you've been listening to Brian Moore's Full Contact in association with The Telegraph and QBE Business Insurance. Uh, My thanks uh, to my co-host, Tom Court. Pleasure to have you, Tom. Thanks for joining me in the studio and uh, to our producer, Abby Patterson. Next week, uh, we will have former Lions, prop Alex Corbisiero and Martin Williams. Uh, They will be your hosts. Remember, you can get in contact with us throughout the week via the hashtag full contact and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review and everyone at the telegraph qba insurance and the podcast wish brian the best in his recovery even on a budget quality is non-negotiable 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.